Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good morning, Every Nation Durban. Wonderful to be here this morning. It is truly a joy and a privilege for me to be at this wonderful church. I always remain grateful for the opportunity to God for this divine privilege to be able to share His Word, and this morning certainly is no exception. So to Pastors Wayne and Trish, your family, all the leaders, elders, thank you for the invitation once more to do so. I bring you greetings from my wonderful family, my beautiful wife Mary, and our precious children Mark is 15 and Rebecca is 13. They're busy serving at the same time as what we are enjoying this service this morning. And so we are together as a family just doing what God has called us to do. So I'm excited and in my spirit, I'm really trusting God for some things here this morning. I've been uh, just seeking the Lord in terms of every nation, Durban, in terms of your region as well. And I know that He's going to answer and he's going to do so in his unique and powerful way. Can we just pray together this morning as we commit this time and the word to the Lord? Father, we bless you for the honor and privilege to be able to just hear your word once more this morning. We never want to take it lightly or take it for granted. And so as we come before you this day, I bless you for the power of your word. I thank you that your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish everything that you set it out to do this day. So it's our prayer that your word would prosper in the lives of every heart here, and we thank you for this in your precious and all-conquering name. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. Now, beloved, if you and I, and I'm sure all of us over here, if you've lived for any amount of time, you know that there's always a challenge when it comes to hope. And I know there's many moments that we face that challenges that particular hope. We heard this morning, even through the tithes and offering message, we heard how even at times faith is being challenged, and it truly is. I heard a simplified definition of faith recently, and it just said the following, faith is acting as if God is telling the truth. And I thought it was such a simple but so profound Faith is acting as if God is telling the truth. And so if you and I stand upon his word, if you and I believe that which he has said, and if he says that it's going to happen, then I believe it will happen. So over this last year in particular, I was just busy seeking the Lord. I was trusting the Lord and just seeing what was happening within the KZN province. And of course, we know last year, Within the month of July, we know what happened here in this particular region. And so we, we've seen, we've seen from the looting to, you know, the tragedies of the floods. And in the time, I was seeking the Lord and I was saying, God, I'm sure there must be something that you're wanting to say to this particular region. And I know that at times we... We're praying. I know at times we don't even know what to do, but I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for the church that was the, uh, just the legs and the arms and the feet of Jesus during this time. And I know of you serving and giving and just um, doing exactly what you've said from the very beginning, and that's to serve this particular region. So while I was praying, I was asking the Lord what it was, and the Lord said to me that all of these things, whatever has happened, is always about the people. 
It's always about him as a people. And I felt the Lord saying to me that while many were concentrating their efforts on possessions when it came to the looting and others on the land when it came to the flooding, he said to me that at the end of the day, it's always about the people. And even if everything didn't happen, this was the question the Lord asked me. He asked, so if none of that happened, let's assume no flooding, let's assume no looting and whatever happened in that time. He asked me the question, where would the hearts of the people be? And as I was considering that, I had to be honest and I said, Lord, that I'm not sure because I know that when there's shaking which takes place at times, then I know that God does certain things. And so the shaking and the storms, he said to me, are there to shake the hearts of the people. And when the hearts are shaken, the economy and the land would be shaken too, to his honor and to his glory. And I felt the Lord saying that I'm coming like a blanket over this region. And even as I come, I say to you this day, every nation Durban, that I place the blanket in your hand. And I sense that the Lord was saying to me to say to you this day, cover my people and cover this province. And even as you do so, I felt that the Lord was saying as well, that as you're doing so, there's going to be a blanket, almost a canopy of sorts over this region. It will be a display of His glory. You see, because while we do certain things, and if we are able to do so, then of course all the credit and the glory comes to us. But I believe that God has placed your, nation, your, your province and your region in such a unique position whereby we know that when he comes through he will receive the honor and the praise and the glory so I believe that God calls you this day to rise up I believe God calls you this day to take the blanket of his glory and sort of just as a mother would would just tuck in the children at night and just cover them with a blanket so I believe God is calling you as a church, to cover this particular region with His glory. I want to say to you this morning that yes, challenging times do come and storms happen as well. And the reality of it all is that sometimes we're coming out of a storm, sometimes we're in a storm, or sometimes we're about to go into a storm. And I know that might sound very gloomy and it might sound very unpleasant, but I want to also say this this morning that storms are there to grow us. The Lord has caused great growing to take place in this last year in particular within KZN. And you know, I believe that is here as well to keep doing exactly that. I'm so excited when I see that growth is a big part of, of this church and that's what we trust God for. So the message that I have this morning, I've just entitled very simply, Going and growing through your storm. Going and growing through your storm. Robert Louis Stevenson, uh, in one of his stories, he tells of this passenger ship that was crossing the Atlantic. And so it had in encountered some harsh storm and it was threatening to overwhelm the ship. So the captain ordered all the passengers to go below while the crew was standing and while the crew was trying to navigate through these difficult times. And so at one point, the passengers grew impatient. And so amongst themselves, they said that we probably need to send someone out 
just to find out if everything is okay on top with the captain. So they got together and they finally decided who their representative would be. The representative went up, he came to the deck, and when he came, you know, he saw, he observed whatever was necessary and went back down. Of course, everybody was very interested at that point in time and they asked the question. So the two questions, firstly, did you see the captain? And secondly, what did the captain say? So he said to them, I saw the captain. And when they asked, so what did he say? He said to them, you know, I didn't speak to the captain, but I saw him. And when I saw him, he had a smile on his face. And then I knew everything would be okay. Every nation, Durban, I want to say to you this morning that there is a captain. And I want to say to you this morning that the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the midst of heartache and loss, even in the midst of the difficulty, he is still the captain and he's still in control of what's happening in this region. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Mark. We're going to look at Mark chapter 4. I'll just read verse 1 as reference, and then we're going to be focusing on verses 35 to 41 in particular. So Mark chapter 4, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And so in verse 1, just to sketch the background of what's happening, we read the following. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him. So that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. So we find, you know, Jesus' teaching, and then from there, we sort of fast forward to verse 35. And here's what it says. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross to the other side, and leaving the crowd... They took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And verse 41, and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now the gospel of Mark is interesting. You know, it's sort of one of those action-packed script, uh, scripts that we find. And it highlights all the ministries of Jesus. I mean, it almost just sort of cuts right into the action part, doesn't go into the genealogy as some of the other um, gospels do. And so it starts with John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. And then it moves along very swiftly. We find, you know, Jesus is healing. Um, there's Simon's mother-in-law. There's the cleansing of the leper, the paralytic. And so God is busy just through Jesus Christ. He's just busy doing amazing things. What has happened now in chapter 4 is that here is a large crowd that is following Jesus. So he's in this boat 
And as he's there, he's teaching them. And from the disciples' point of view, this is probably one of the highlights of the ministry thus far. I mean, this is sort of every pastor's dream to have what they were having here. Jesus was doing miracles. There's a large crowd that was following. I mean, from a ministry point of view, this is almost like nothing could be better right now. I mean, this is it, Lord. Let's just hang out here. Uh, let's just camp here. This is going so well. And then we find in verse 35 that Jesus instructs them to go to the other side. Now, I must confess at that point in time, I'm probably wondering why you do something like that. I mean, if I was part of the church of this ministry of Jesus, I'm going to say, Jesus, you know what? We've taken a while to build up, you know, I mean, there's already a lot of hostility. So the fact that we have this large crowd, maybe let, let's just capitalize on this for a moment. But he says to them, go to the other side. Verse 36 is very clear in that it says that they left the crowd and took Jesus with them in the boat. Now, beloved, here's the important part of this that we need to understand. We need to understand that they listened to Jesus firstly, right? So they listened to him. The crossing to the other side was not their idea. It was Jesus' idea. In fact, as I said, things for them probably could not have been any better. So why would they want to cross to the other side? Yet they were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. They were not only in the will of God, I mean they had the Son of God with them in the boat at that particular point in time. So if you and I look at this, then we are saying that this is a powerful place for them to be in. It's a wonderful place. I mean, you know, knowing you in the will of God, knowing Jesus is right there with you, I mean, this is the sweet spot of any person's life, I would almost want to say. And maybe this is exactly you today. Maybe you've done all that God has told you to do. Maybe you followed him. And then all of a sudden, things change. Verse 37 says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Now that's a very scary proposition. I mean, imagine you're out there. I mean, the idea of the boat is so that the water remains in the sea, doesn't come with you in the boat. And here we find that the boat is now filling. And the Bible is saying that there is a great, the word great there is the, the Greek word megas. And it means, you know, of number and quantity. It also speaks about intensity. And then this is, this is one which is very interesting. It's also predicated of rank. So in other words, when it came to this particular windstorm, when we look at it from a ranked position, then this was ranked almost number one, if I could put it that way. So that speaks about this great windstorm. And so now we know that this was intense. And I know here's the thing. Sometimes when we go through something which is very intense, it's fine if we go through it as long as we don't go through it for too long. As long as we see that we are still able to be saved out of the situation. Then somehow you almost have a little bit of faith. You know, it's going, it's going a bit tough. And we ask, how are you doing? Oh, it's going a bit tough. But I'm still seeing light at the end of the tunnel. When it came to the disciples, however, we saw that there was something that was happening here. Now let us remind ourselves that these were experienced fishermen. 
I mean, this was their trade. This is what they were doing even before Jesus called them. And so these are not novices at sea. They know, they probably know every wave. They know how this works. They know where to go. They know what to do. I mean, they've got all the troubleshooting they've got down and they've, they, they are able to work through this because they probably went through storms before in their life. But it wasn't this greatest storm as what they had before. And so this windstorm is another Greek word. It's called a lilops, right? Um, and the lilops means a whirlwind. It's a tempestuous wind. It's, it's violent. Um, you know, it's, and, and, and here's the part of this. It's never just a single gust of wind, firstly. Secondly, it's also not a gust of wind which only comes from one direction. It comes from multiple directions. Maybe that's how you're feeling this morning. Maybe you're feeling that the wind is coming from every particular side. And so, and so here the disciples were. They're in the will of God. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do. In fact, Jesus is even in the boat with them. And still they're experiencing this violent windstorm. So why do I keep mentioning this? I, I mention this because I realized something this morning. That even in the will of God, it does rain at times. Even in the will of God, things do go wrong. I mean, you can be right back, uh, right smack bang in the middle of the will of God. And at the same time, you can be in the middle of a lilops as well. And so when we look at this, I mean, you're walking in obedience, you're following the word, you're doing everything. And still there's a storm that's raging against you, seemingly there to take out your very life. Of course, you can be outside of the will of God as well and then experience that. And we're all familiar with that. But beloved, I want to say to you that storms are not always an indication of whether you are in or outside of the will of God. And even as we were looking at what was happening throughout this last year in your region, there has been many questions. People have asked the question, but why? Why us? Why this region? What went wrong? Who did what, you know, for this to happen? So I want to say again that, you know, it's not, storms are not an indication whether you are in the will of God or not. Relationship alone and obedience does that. Through relationship and obedience, you know whether you are in or outside of the will of God. Now, this lilops is merciless because it comes out of nowhere. It is so intense. And here's the thing, you don't often have time to prepare for it. And maybe that's how you're feeling this morning. How many of us were just going along very nicely, doing God's will, everything seemed fine, and then all of a sudden, you receive... Maybe just one phone call and your whole world changes. Just one message and everything seems to collapse instantly. I mean, you could be returning from an anointed worship service or prayer meeting. And then all of a sudden, you find out that your spouse is filing for divorce. Or you hear that you're about to be retrenched the next day. The big deal that you were trusting God for, for your business, all of a sudden it falls flat. Maybe you're wrongfully accused and, you know, you're innocent, but you're now finding yourself in the middle of a hearing or an inquiry or even needing to end up in court. Maybe your teenage child is about to become a parent. Or maybe you've just found out that one of your loved ones have been diagnosed with an incurable disease. And so all of these things could happen. So let us remind ourselves just one more time that these people were 
in the will of God. And yet they were still going through a storm. I want to say to you this morning that storms produce many different crises in our life. Um, I want to just speak about three this morning very briefly. Firstly, they encountered the disciples, and we do too very often, a circumstantial crisis. A circumstantial crisis. The disciples could not exercise any control over the circumstances. I mean, these were the experience. I mean, if you were probably to get the best in the world to navigate through the storm, it would probably be them. And yet they were not able to do so. They couldn't control the wind. They couldn't control the waves or even the water which was now coming into their boat. So they were in the will of God in a storm and they could do nothing about the circumstances surrounding the crisis or the storm. And so this is a helpless, and at times it may feel even like a hopeless scenario. But I want to encourage you, even in a circumstantial crisis, all hope is never lost. Secondly, we find that this was an emotional crisis. We know that they were afraid because Jesus said to them in verse 40, Why are you so afraid? So it's quite clear from the text that they were afraid. And I suppose you and I can conclude rightfully so. I too would be terrified in that moment. But here's the emotional part. Because they were too afraid of what results would come from. And because of that, I mean, this doesn't look good. So what do we do? We need to wake Jesus up. I mean, you know, boys, I think we've done all that we can do over here. So emotions are flaring up at that particular point in time. And this happens to us as well. You know, we become emotional in the moment. We know there's nothing we can do about it. And so here we find ourselves emotional. What are we going to receive? What is the result of our doctor's report going to be? What is the results of the exam that we've written? Emotions are all over the show. And emotions very often can even cause us to be uprooted. So all of a sudden, you know, we don't know where we find ourselves anymore. So here they were, circumstantial crisis, emotional crisis. But the third one was probably the worst. And that was they were facing a spiritual crisis. And this is often the hardest one. So not only were their circumstances out of control, not only were their emotions all over the place, but now they were facing a spiritual or a theological crisis as well. You see, in verse 38, after Jesus was woken from his sleep, they asked him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? In other words, when you and I were to ask the question, I'm doing so from the basis that he's God. I'm doing so from the basis that he's in charge and in control of any and everything and anything. So if I'm asking the question, then what I'm basically saying is, Lord, is it even worth it for me to trust you anymore? Because if you are God over everything, then why can you not control this lilops? Why is it that I'm still going through this particular storm? Beloved, it is a spiritual crisis. You know, because now all of a sudden, all of my life that I've been trusting the Lord, all of the times that I've fasted, that I've prayed, that I've believed, every prayer meeting, now all of a sudden, the enemy wants to cast doubt and make us wonder if it was worth it in the end. It's a spiritual crisis. But even as we go and as we navigate through this, Yes, we may say to ourselves, 
Didn't we have it better before? And maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you're feeling right now that, you know, this was okay before. I mean, I'm sure the disciples, you know, we knew it. We should have just stayed there. We had the crowd. We had everything. Why is it that he asked us to go to the other side? I mean, for you and me, in our context, we could say the same thing and imply the following. Jesus, do you not care about my hurt? Jesus, don't you care about my pain? Don't you care about my loneliness or depression or finances or the fact that I don't have a job? I'm in your will and still I'm going through all of this. But what was his response? Verse 39 says to us, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now notice something, beloved that Jesus was not talking to the disciples. He was in fact speaking to the circumstances. He was speaking to the wind and he was speaking to the sea. He speaks to the wind and to the sea after he was woken up. Many times we are quick to call on people. We are quick to draw, you know, and get together and strategize and do whatever we are doing. And yet we forget to wake Jesus up in the whole situation. Because yes, amongst ourselves, we have come together, we've pulled together, but still we are not able to control the circumstance or situation. And so after he's addressed to the elements, um, and th this is what it says in verse 40, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Now, I mean, I'm reading that and I'm saying like, seriously, Jesus it's all good for you to say that now that the storm has calmed down, you know, where's your faith? I mean, this is, this is almost like, you know, when you have that IT problem at work and you're sitting and you phone them and they're there and they, within a minute, you know, they just few buttons and everything is sorted out. So what was the problem? Um, you know, and, and I'm like, no, but there was, there was genuine. I've been sitting here for the last half an hour trying to figure this out. So this is almost like the disciples now in Jesus' time. I mean, Jesus, like, like really, I mean, did, do you know what, what just happened before you arrived over here? And Jesus, here's the amazing thing. He asks, why are you afraid after the storm is over? And yet when I look at this, I'm saying to myself, Jesus, you asked us to go over. I mean, did you, did you know about this? Did you have an idea about this that was going on? I mean, now that I think about it, why did you go sleep while we were here knowing the, you know, exactly what we were about to face? So when this lilops appeared, here's the powerful thing. It seemed to override what Jesus was saying to them. It appeared as if the problem was now overriding the promise. Because if Jesus truly is one that moves us on to better and to greater, then why would he allow us to leave the glory of what we had just to encounter the storm? Because if this is truly for better, then I'm not so sure about this right now, Jesus. I mean, this storm is pretty big, and, and I mean, never mind the promise. I don't even know if I'm going to see the end of this day. That was the circumstance they were sitting with. And so now they're living in the light of this problem, no longer in the light of the promise. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that sounds familiar to your situation. And so a storm is a storm, and I don't want to make light of that. I know that we all face challenges but here's what I do know as well, 
God never wants your circumstances to override the promise, never to override his word. And so when he came, how was the storm settled? It was through his word that he spoke. The same for you and me. Every circumstance is always subservient to the word of God, every single time. And so in like manner, he still reminds us this day that he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. When Jesus spoke to the circumstances, the circumstance changed. But notice that you cannot always change your circumstances, but the one thing is he can. And so the real issue this morning, and this is what we've been communicating, is verse 41. And I love this. So storm came, Jesus came, rebuked the storm, everything is quiet. Now look at verse 41. And I love this. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now let us remind ourselves, the storm was there and they were fearful. The storm is now over and the word says they were filled not only with fear, with great fear. And as I'm looking at that, I'm saying, but now, they were scared of the windstorm. They were scared of the lilops. But here's what happened, beloved. And this is what I'm trusting that you and I would see. They realized something that particular moment. And probably said to one another that while we were so scared of the storm, we are now even have greater fear because there's someone who was greater than the great storm. And that's why they were filled with great fear. Because now all of a sudden they're realizing, you know what, that which we thought is going to take our life, that which we thought is going to end all of this, now all of a sudden that great storm is quiet. There's one that's bigger than the storm. There's one that's bigger than the tests and the trials and everything that you and I would ever go through. And that was Jesus. You see, they discovered something and there's a, there's a theological concept that I want to just share with you this morning. It's called the hypostatic union. And the hypostatic union means, and it speaks about Jesus, it means that there's the union between Christ's humanity and also his divinity at the same time. In fact, Wikipedia describes it as following. They said that the most basic explanation for the hypostatic union is Jesus Christ being both fully God and fully man. He is both perfectly divine and perfectly human, having two complete and distinct natures at once. Simply put, the hypostatic union says this to us. It's two natures in one person, unmixed forever. Let me repeat that. Two natures in one person, unmixed forever. And so here's what has happened in this particular situation. You see, God fertilized the egg of a human, that was Mary, without the male sperm, so that the Holy Spirit would provide the divine and Mary would provide the human. 
And so here we find that Jesus, therefore, in one moment, he can thirst, and in the next moment, he multiplies and feeds 5,000 men, excluding women and children. It's the hypostatic union. The one moment he could be tired and fast asleep, and the next moment he gets up and he quiets a storm. One moment he's dead on the cross, and three days later, he raises himself up from the dead. And so that is what they discovered. And that's why the question then comes, who is this man? What type of man is able to do this? We thought that we had reached the ultimate. We thought that we had reached it all. And now we find out there's someone greater with us. I want to say to you this morning, every nation, Durban family, you have Jesus in your boat. You have him. Not only is he human, because in his humanity, he can sympathize with you. But in his divinity, he's able to do anything and everything. So in one moment, while you feel that nobody understands me, nobody is able to hear me, He knows you. He understands you in His humanity. But in His divinity, He's able to do anything and everything. Your lilops is subservient to Him. So He's not only able to feel it, He's able to fix it as well. And so I want to say to you this morning that when others are wondering, does Jesus not care about KZN? Does Jesus not care about Durban, I want to say to you, not only does he care about it, but he's also there to provide a way out for you. And yes, he's going to use you. Yes, he's going to come in that particular moment and use you with that blanket of healing, with a blanket of his glory and cover this region and cover this problem province, even as the storm may be raging right now. I know that when we look at this particular instance, the Bible says that the wind and the storm, they obeyed. Now remember we said earlier on that when it came to this windstorm, it was speaking about rank. So this windstorm outranked any other storm that there was. And so as I was looking at this, I was just so reminded that no matter what you may be facing right now, that storm was the greatest storm there was, but it was no match for Jesus. Jesus outranks it over and over and over again. I want to say to you this morning, you're not going down. I want to say to you this morning that you're not defeated. I want to say that your life is not just coming to an end. You have Jesus in your boat this morning. And I know that he wants to use you. And I know that he's going to use you powerfully and instrumentally in the days which lie ahead. I want to conclude this morning by sharing this illustration with you. Now, my family and I, we, um, we, we really love popcorn. And I've been telling this account um, for the last while that, that I've been this last few months. And in uh, April of 2021, Reader's Digest came out with an article explaining what happens in the process of the making of popcorn, right? So I, you know, um, I, I, like, I, lo I love to make popcorn myself. I love, you know, the nice home feel and, and all of that of the popcorn. So here's what happens. Now, inside of every popcorn kernel, there's actually like a tiny droplet of water which is inside of it. Uh, and then there's some starch which is around that. And then, of course, we know on the outside there is this hard shell, right, which protects everything which is inside. So at 100 degrees Celsius, 
what happens is that the water inside turns into steam, just as we have learned in school, and then it mixes with the starch. And so now it's starting to make this doughy mess inside of it. Now pressure keeps on building up until it gets to the part where at 180 degrees Celsius, that kernel then bursts open. And in the next one fifteenth of a second, we find that this leg of fluffy starch just emerges and it pops into the air. And then we get that familiar sound and of course the smell that follows with it, etc. They say to us then afterwards this fluffy popcorn is almost twice as large as what it was before it was pre-popped. Now as I look at this particular illustration, then I want to suggest to you that what happens on the inside of you can remodel what happens on the outside. Because no matter how hard the outside is, no matter how the outside may try and limit and restrict you, if there's something inside of you that is greater than that which is on the outside, that which is on the outside needs to give way to that which is on the inside of you. And so that is why one of, one of the great generals of, of faith, Smith Wigglesworth, said, he said that I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than what I am on the outside. And because of that, that's exactly what we discover when we look at popcorn. You see, the heat is the thing that adds all the pressure. And as it builds up, even the hard shell needs to give way to that which is inside. I want to say to you this morning, every nation, Durban, that yes, there has been challenging times that you faced. Yes, your region has faced difficult moments. Yes, there has been loss. Yes, there's many that have felt hurt, disappointed, and maybe even confused and afraid at this point in time. But I want to say to you this day that even as the heat gets turned up, just like something happens at 100 degrees Celsius, but it's not enough to allow that popcorn to pop the way that we know it. But as the heat intensifies, all that's happening is that that which is on the inside is expanding. I want to say to you that your greatest battles that you have faced is not there just to take you out. Your greatest battles is there to remodel and to bring you to a place where that which is inside of you now is going to come to the fore. Can you imagine if you and I walk around with a possibility that just maybe God is doing something in my life through the storm, just maybe He's wanting to share something with me through that because at the end of the day, I'm going to come out and that which is inside of me is going to come to the fore. Imagine if you and I walk in the streets of Durban, if we walk around in this particular region with the power of God, with the authority that Jesus gave His disciples and He now gives you and me as well. And so yes, even though it may seem dire out there, even though it may seem difficult or impossible out there, man, all that I'm saying is when the heat is happening, know that you're about to pop in the spiritual realm. Know that God is about to break forth inside of your life. And when it comes to the fore, it'll be a blessing not only to you, but to every single person as well. Every nation, Durban, I declare to you this day that God has greater days ahead for you. God has greater days for 
for this region as well. And so the storms that you face are only there to get you to a position where God can use you more powerfully. So why go over to the other side? Why go over to the other side? Because there's something which is better. Here's the thing. In one of the other Gospels, we then read that they come to the demon-possessed man on the other side. So I'm saying, my goodness, God, I've already gone through the difficult moments in the storm. Now there's still the demon-possessed man. But guess what? They were not that afraid of the demon-possessed man any longer. Why? Because they went through the storm. I want to say to you this morning that there's some things that you don't realize that you've gone through that. You've gone through the intensity thereof so that when other difficult moments arise, it's not going to take you out. It's not going to be that difficult. It's not going to be impossible because the same God that saw me through that lilops, the same Jesus that stood up and declared to the storm that I thought was going to take out my life, it's subservient to Him. And now all of a sudden, I can look at that demon. I can look at any dark situation and say and declare the message of God, the hope of God in that circumstance and say, Lord, may your kingdom come and may your will be established to your honor and to your glory. I want to say that God is calling you this side to go to the other side. You've gone through the storm. You might as well capitalize on that which God wants to do in and through your life. Some of you have gone through such difficulty. And so instead of just writing off that episode and just saying, oh, that was just a dark moment. No, no, it was a growing moment. Because you see, when you're going and growing through your storm, there's always new battles that, that happen in your life. But when they happen, you know that you have the capacity inside of you to be able to push through anything and everything. I believe that God calls you this morning, every nation, Durban, even those watching online, I believe that He calls you this morning to arise. I believe that even as He's done a work in the spiritual realm, He's calling you this day to go and to do what He's calling you to do. In my spirit, I'm excited about what God is going to do in this region. Because you see, when His glory comes and fills this place, it will be undeniable that God is in your midst. I want to say this morning that I'm trusting the Lord that those who are far off will look from the outside in and say, what manner of man is this? What manner of people is this? That even those in the darkest and the unreached regions are being reached. Even those who others have written off, even those who others have marginalized, even those who others have said nothing good is going to come from them, even the area and the regions, I believe that as God calls you with that blanket to cover, I believe change is going to come. And so this morning I leave you with a question, will you arise to the call? Will you arise to the call that God is making this day? Because there is a clarion call. What are you going to do after the storm? Do we just come and just write off and say, oh, okay, that was a challenging experience? Or do we grow from there and do what God has called us to do? And that is to go and make disciples of every nation. That is to go and to declare His glory in every area and every region. Let's pray this morning. Father, we bless you for your word. We thank you that you are calling us this day anew and afresh. God, some of us have gone through difficult trials and storms, but thank you that you still the same God who speaks and you're still the same God who quiets the storm this day. 
God, we don't want to waste any storm. And so here we are this morning. Use us, we pray. Use us to declare your goodness. Use us to declare your glory. And so wherever we may go, Lord, may we be a representation of you in the name of Jesus. I want to ask this morning, I just want to pray for some people. If you're here and you're saying to me this morning, Marlon, you know what, I want to be part of that army that's going to go into every region. I've gone through the storm. I've gone through difficult moments. But I know that God is calling me. I know he's calling me as his hands and feet in this area. And even as I go from here, I want to go with his power. I want to go with his authority. And I want to see change in my particular region. I am subscribing anew this day. Not only am I going to grow, but I have a passion to see the growth in others. I have a passion to see God's kingdom restored in my city. To see his kingdom restored in every street. And I know that even as he's done it in my life, even as he's done it in others' lives, he will do it even in the lives of the marginalized. If that's you this morning, I want you just to stand and I'm just going to do a general prayer for us this morning. Just say, God, here we are. I want to be used, Lord. I want to be used by you, God. I want to be that change agent in this region. For some of us, it may mean starting to connect, connect to whether it's this church or a ministry or whatever the case may be, and just go and be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, you see every hand raised here this morning, every person who's standing. And I would pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you touch every heart here. I pray that you would anoint every footstep, Lord. I'm praying that just like with the lepers, as you anointed their footsteps, Lord, it sounded like there was a mighty and a vast army that was going into that region. And so I'm praying that you anoint every footstep, Lord, from every person, from every nation, Durban, this morning. I pray that as they walk down the streets, Lord, as they go into the city, as they go into the different areas, I'm praying that there will be like a reverberation in the Spirit, Lord God, that even the enemy would stand astounded, confused, and even feel afraid and leave, Lord, just as the enemy left when those lepers were stepping into that region. God, we're here this morning because we know that you're able to quiet the storm. And even as you've quieted the storm in so many areas of our lives, we now pray that you'd use us to declare peace, Lord, in every area of KZN. Use us, Lord God, as change agents, we pray. Father, I'm praying that even like the popcorn, God, that that we may come to the fore, that that which is inside of us, Lord God, that that will be far greater than that which is on the outside. We know Christ in us is the hope of glory. Oh God, may your glory return to this region like never before. That men from everywhere would be able to see and declare that surely God is in their midst. I pray, Lord God, for an opening up. I pray, Lord, for those in governmental positions. I'm praying for those in authority this morning. I'm praying for the educators, Lord. I'm praying for the scientists. I'm praying, Lord God, for those in the arts and the media and the sport. I'm praying for business people, Lord God. I'm praying for people from every area and every nation, Lord God. In this particular area, I am praying, Lord, that your kingdom would come and that your will would be established in their lives in the name of Jesus. Here we are, Lord. Use us, Lord. 
Use us even this day, even tomorrow. I'm praying that as we walk the corridors of our businesses, as we speak to those in authority, I thank you for great favor, Lord. I thank you that even in our companies, Lord, when things are going dark and things seem to be gloomy, oh, may we arise with power and virtue and declare the kingdom of God and the peace of God. We speak peace, Lord, over every storm because the same authority that Christ had is the same authority that you give us this day, Lord. And we stand upon it and we see, Lord God, a nation, we see a region filled with the glory of God. We see Durban, Lord God, synonymous, Lord, not with all the wrong things, but with all the right things. Oh, we see your kingdom come. We see, Lord God, a region and a province of God's glory, undeniable, Lord God. People from every ethnicity coming together and serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, we give you great praise this day. We speak these things that be not as though they were, Lord God, according to your word. We give you all the honor this day. We give you all the praise this day because it rightfully belongs to you. We bless you, King Jesus, and we celebrate you in Jesus' wonderful name. Come on, can we just give the Lord a shout of victory this morning? Come on, just give Him your best praise this morning. Give Him your best praise this morning. See this region filled with the glory of the Lord, filled with people serving the Lord, filled with those touched with the healing power of Jesus Christ. Oh, see the change in authority. See the change in municipalities. See the change in your places of work. See the change in your business. Oh, His kingdom is here. Oh, His power is here. And His glory is here. We honor you and we bless you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enderban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.